All right, dude, I got to tell you something I came across the other day that is absolutely insane. It totally floored me. I can't believe this is actual news, but it seems pretty legit from what I can tell. So Dana White, who you probably know that name, he is the owner of UFC and has been right. been around in mixed martial arts and, and professional sporting leagues uh, for a long time and stuff. Well, I read this thing the other day. He just announced they're going to start a professional slap fighting league. <laughs> it's called... <laughs> I mean, you believe this is real? Like, I mean, we've seen, obviously, we've seen How I Met Your Mother, where they just had slap bets and stuff like that. That was really, really good. But they're literally going to make a league out of this. It's called Dana White's Power Slap League. And somehow they are getting this shit actually regulated. I don't know how you can regulate it, because all I can see is potential, like, brain trauma that's going to happen. But it's... Well, hang on. <laughs> Have you never seen this? No. This Have you literally never... Uh, you've never... You've Like, professional oh. stuff? Oh no no no! So so this is interesting. Like I, I mean, have you ever watched a slap boxing? Oh yeah. Thing? Oh no, I've, well, I've seen like you know stuff okay, on the gotcha, internet. Gotcha. So so and I, this is the way I kind of imagine. And I had no idea that you were going to bring this up today, <laughs> but this is very interesting. So what the way I imagine this is like how all of our professional sports got started, which is you know there was these little tiny pockets and places, and then somebody's like, oh, I can make money on this. And so like this is what's funny to me is like you're absolutely right. It's like when every time I see one of these, I'm like. That's just brain damage, a hundred percent. Because we're not talking like we're not talking gloves. And you know, for those of you who don't know, boxing gloves. The whole point of boxing gloves is to pad the blow. Yeah, like that's it. Right. You still get the holy hell beat out of you. There's still lots <laughs> of brain damage, but it's to pad the blow. And <laughs> so yeah, these guys are just like wailing at each other. And so what I what I find extremely impressive and yet scary, I guess, out of this. <laughs> Is that they're like, you know what we can make money with? Uh, we can turn this into something that a lot of people watch rather than just an act. And so somebody is watching the numbers, man, and they have determined that there's enough people watching these videos, these underground videos of, yeah. and, and these, they, they, you know, these look pretty professional for what it is, <laughs> but it's also two dudes. I mean, th there are regulations and you can tell there's a referee, there's a whole thing, but I'm like, <laughs> There's enough people watching this. I just thought that like this is something that oh uh, anyways well, can, well, that's amazing. all I can think it's it's a league and it's going to be considered I guess kind of a sport and it's what is it is it all offense because you don't you don't play any defense you don't block the slap do you like <laughs> no no you you your face you're just standing there <laughs> trying to look tough and then you look immediately stupid like that's the thing that like you know boxing you can take a punch and look tough after right yeah. you can defend it. But I've never seen somebody like there's always that split second, even the ones that like take it and like come back and look tough. There's always that split second where you look like a complete idiot because you just got slapped. <laughs> and anyways, um, <laughs> I guess we'll have to watch and see where it goes. So, um, oh, my that gosh, should be fun. I mean, it's absolutely so, insane. And the obvious transition here is I was like, well, I mean, thank God that I have you know, a job that doesn't require me just standing there getting slapped by someone, right? <laughs> this is It's so nice that we have the ability in our lives to be able to kind of choose what we want to do. But I got to tell you right now, I don't want to choose to get slapped in the face professionally. I'd rather just do that, you know, uh, just in the comfort of my own home, if that's okay. No, I mean, every so often in the YouTube comments, we get slapped a little bit, but that's, you know, it's not, not nearly that. So yeah, yeah it, it's a good gig we have, which takes us into... 
our topic today, which is yeah, we're going to talk about. Uh, I mean, how do, how do we get here? How do we live a life of freedom? And honestly, I think it's important to kind of talk about the fact that we didn't really follow a guide to get here. We just kind of we just kind of made our own path, right? We developed something for ourselves, and the guide to get here really wasn't following a guide at all. So I think it's going to be a really cool conversation. Yeah, no, and I think that that's the fun thing is you know getting here was sort of. Um, ass backwards for us probably <laughs> but um there definitely is a way to do it um if you sort of see the pattern in some of the things that we're going to talk about uh, as we get into this so let's dive in let's do it all right man we've we've obviously talked about this before and and, and there's but there's a part there's a reason that it's such a big subject and 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 it's there's a reason i'd like to kind of dig deeper too because i think it's really incredibly interesting how we got here how we got to this serial progress seeker lifestyle right obviously we feel it's important enough that we're doing everything in our power we're even recording a damn podcast as we speak you know we're doing everything in our power though to help other people kind of come along for the ride right and 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 making sure that we're all doing everything that we can to move into this life of freedom with building a seven-figure business that you literally operate from a backpack. <clears throat> That's the whole basis of everything that we're doing. So I'd love to – let's just start with the bare bones, man. So you're sitting at a bar. You're having a conversation kind of like we're having right now. Someone talks to you about what you're due for a living. I'd love to know – I mean, how much of that conversation revolves around <clears throat> that one word and that one thought of freedom? I'd love to know about that. Um. When I'm in a bar and somebody asks me, because I get this a lot actually when I go out, because a lot of people locally, especially that know me, um, do follow what we do online. And so, hey, to all of you out there that are watching, and we we appreciate you guys watching and listening. But you know, the the thing that I really I kind of go with, and the, the easiest answer is uh, at this point I, is is sort of the Justin Timberlake uh, as he's playing, um, uh, you know, the guy who founded Napster. Uh, yep. you know, in, in that movie, in, in that movie that like at this point I watch it and I'm like, uh, but <laughs> in that movie, you know, he's, he just says he's an entrepreneur. Um, and I have found the easiest answer to that question at this point is that, and, and what I have found from that is this, is anybody that's really interested, that's really like trying to like, you know, get there themselves always digs deeper. Of course. The other people, um, you know, they sort of, you know, move on and, and whatever. Oh, that's interesting. Like what? Oh, software. I mean, like, you know, you can go a, a couple of different ways. I have an agency, but like the people that really are trying to like change their lives always dig deeper and they're, they're always like hungry for more knowledge. And so when I'm out and I have somebody that's like actually digging into that, I always start with the math. And the math is the first thing that I really got into because I'm not incredibly organized. I don't feel like I'm the smartest person in the world. But uh, I do focus on certain things that I think put me in a place to actually see the pieces on the board. And anytime we're getting into a business, if I don't understand the math behind it, at least at a 10,000-foot level, it's probably not a good business to get into. I'm actually looking to get into another business right now, and that's the thing. I don't quite understand the math on the board yet, and so I'm mm-hmm. not 100% in on that business yet. Sure. But that's the thing. Uh, for me, I sat down at the time and in – this is, you know, 10, 12 years ago at this point. And I sit down and I looked at my life and what I was making and what my wife was making. And so it was our combined income. And, um, you know, I, I realized that to live and to be happy, it wasn't, you know, anything that was like we had to make a million dollars a year. Okay. So that was good. Like, you know, to, to get to something that we were very, very happy people 
didn't require that. Most people out there, if you really do the math on what makes you happy, just at a core level, not like, oh, I would love to have this, but at a core level, what makes you happy? And like, you know, life's pretty decent. Um, if you actually break down the math of that, and I suggest everybody does that, um, it's not bad. Hmm. And then you can sit down and you can break down, okay, well, what if we had a personal chef? What if we had this? What if we had all these little extra things that might make our lives a little bit better? Um, not needed, but a little better. And you do the math on that um, and actually go look up the cost of these things. It's incredibly important. And then, and then like do the math of what the difference is between the two. So the first thing is, is it's really hard to build a business when um, you have uh, other obligations. So for me, the first part about getting into this life that was free was to make what I was making at the other gig and decently happy, um, make what my wife was making, making sure that our business, whatever we built, the two of us, it was making up the income for the other stuff. So I literally took the income that we were making, broke it down into, okay, five days out of the week, what do I have to make um, to reach a certain level? And the number that I actually came out at at five days a week was $500 or it was like $400 a day, something like that. I think I'm pretty sure it was $400 a day. So I had it down to $400 a day. I did the math on that. And if I was making $400 a day, five days a week, that got us pretty close. Now, if you're sitting there doing the math at home, you're like, that's not too <laughs> terribly bad. Um, but it was $400 a day. Yeah. And, um, and I'm probably rounded it up to 500, but like $400 a day, that's what the business had to generate on average per day for me to get there. And so <clears throat> that became the goal. And so what I had to do from there is I was like, well, and I think a lot of people probably fall into this is like, I don't exactly know what I want to do. Um, I have these skills, but I don't know how I'm going to maybe turn that into a product. But the math behind it actually aimed me in this. Well, I've got to have a product that has, that costs this much and I've got to sell this many of them a day. Right. That was it. <clears throat> and so even if you're kind of lost as to what you can do or what a product could be, um, I think a lot of times we get into businesses because we're kind of passionate about the topic. But we leave out the math and the math is the first part. If the math doesn't equal what you want out of your life, like keeping your happiness or getting to that next level, then it's probably not a business that you need to go in. And a lot of people, you know, we hear about businesses closing down every year. And I think a lot of that is because people mismatch those things and they they leave their business because they want to go back to the life that they had before where they were doing whatever they were before because they need that level of income to have that baseline happiness. And so – I think that's the key is before you go do anything, number one is learning the skills to grow this business going to be something that fulfills me. That, that's got to be there. Mm. That's got to be there. But number two is this, does the math of this business and what I could profit from this business, you know, replace my current income or does it add on to the income that I have? And that's the thing. It's just really doing budgeting <laughs> as boring as this sounds. <laughs> Your dream life is all about doing budgeting of both the time and money required um, for whatever is going to bring in income. And look, so how much money does it take to power your normal life? Like the one that you're decently happy with right now, your baseline, how much money does it require to power sort of your dream life? If you had everything that you wanted, what's the difference between those two? Most people have no clue. They've never actually done that math. And then number three, I think it's uh, what are the hours required to do You know that? Uh, for my business, Serial Progress Secret, it really became I can't do serial progress secret at the level that I want to do it and the level I think I need to do it if I have another gig. And so, mm. you know, I had to start really putting that math together. And when I started to put that math together the right way, that's when we really started to understand that this is a business that we can do. This is a business that can get us to where we want to go. 
but we have to have this amount of time and we have to make this much money every day. What are the products that we're going to sell? What's the value that we're going to exchange for that money? Um, and then is there an audience for it? And that sort of takes us into the next stuff. Yeah, I think that's so important. It's uh, Obviously, you're talking about just establishing a financial freedom, but for every single person that's out there, that level, that, that benchmark is going to be different, right? So obviously, Absolutely. it's all about taking the time to kind of establish what that benchmark is for yourself. Um, and then that kind of leads you into other avenues of freedom, right? You start with a financial aspect, and then you get to kind of dive into, well, now I've got more free time to hang out with my family, or I've got more free time to travel and do some of the things that I really want to do. So when, 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 when you, when you're having these conversations with people, I'm sure you, I'm sure people ask all the time, but how, I mean, how the hell did you get here? So what, when someone says, how did you attain your current level of freedom, whether that's financially or like a personal freedom, you know, what, what do you tell people when you tell them that, that you got here? Like, what's the story there? So I tested the waters. I had a, a brick and mortar business. I was a chiropractor. So I had an actual building. I had actual bills that had to be paid every month, whether anybody came through the door or not. Like I really had this business that cost something. And, and if you didn't watch it, it would eat you alive. And so, you know, I had this thing that I was doing and to power it, I had to get really good at getting people to come through the front door. Mm. I had to, even if you weren't coming through the front door, I had to get really good at making people understand that I was trustworthy enough that they could send other people through the front door and recommend me. And so there was a level of marketing <clears throat> and sales that I had to master very quickly uh, to stay afloat. And so I became sort of a nut of, you know, pulling in all these things that um, helped my business grow. And as I was doing it, <clears throat> some worked, some didn't. But the ones that uh, actually did work as we were taking an assessment of these things, we started doing more of. And so mm -hmm. we started to grow, grow, grow. Now, when you get to that point and you're having success, you have other people that start noticing you're having success and they want to know what you're doing. And so they come to you for advice. And Somewhere along the way, I you know started helping people and charging them money for my time, hmm. and it was really my first agency. The first business that I actually had um, <clears throat> outside of the chiropractic office, as I was actually operating the chiropractic offices, I worked with a real estate agent, and um, the real estate agent you know would have listings for houses. And the standard thing is you would have a bunch of pictures that would go with this particular property. And what we would do is, is I sold them. We'll do this many videos per month. Uh, we'll take those pictures and we'll turn them into a video that uh, just looks a lot cooler to help you stand out. So they would send me us the listings. We would take the pictures. We would put them into um, a piece of software. And I was just leveraging a piece of software that did this. But I put them in the software. It would spit out a video. And we would send them back to the agent. And they paid us a monthly rate for that. Hmm. And so <clears throat> that was my first service. Uh, there was a service um, called Animoto. Um, I'm pretty sure is what it was called. And we would literally take the real estate uh, pictures of the house, put it in this. We would send it back to the agent and they would use it. It worked for both of us. They, they were standing out in their market. We were getting paid monthly to do that. And um, that worked. And so everybody won in that scenario. What was really interesting, though, is as I took on more clients, I took on like a law firm. I took on a couple of restaurants that we were helping out. As I took on more clients, my time shrunk because at the same time, my other business was getting busier and busier. And because I was actually working in that business, not just an owner of that business, mm -hmm. I had to actually put in the work in that business. So my time got less and less. And so I still had this 
air about me that I knew what I was doing from a marketing perspective because I did. But but it, even as people were asking me for more help and they wanted to pay me, I didn't have time. And so <clears throat> you had, that was a problem that I had to solve. And I started looking around and, you know, the obvious thing hit me. I was like, well, if you could bottle up what's in your brain into something that people could consume, but it didn't take your time after you initially built it, that would be something that would probably have value for people. Mm. And so that's what I did. I started taking this thing like the Animoto videos that we would do for the real estate agent, um, some of the website stuff we were doing for the law firm, some of the extra little promotions that we were doing for the um, for the restaurant that we did. And I started bottling these things up and I would put them into, at the time, it was like 10 to 20 page PDFs. That was it. And what I would do to put these together is I literally, this is old school, but I had like Microsoft Word. I would open up Microsoft Word and I would write, you know, kind of the step by step. And it usually was like a five chapter thing. And we're talking five chapters and 10 to 20 pages, right? Mm -hmm. And I would go through the step by step of what the method was that we were actually doing. And at the end, I would mess with the margins of the front page and the last page. And we would, you know, we'd, we'd make it look kind of like a comic book. So we would have a cover, uh, you know, that we'd throw in there. And, and typically it was just some image that I found online. I'd buy the rights to, I'd throw it in, I'd throw something over the top of it with Photoshop. And I was terrible with Photoshop, but we would put together not only something that taught, uh, you had to do something, but it was fun because it did feel like a comic book. And I could, like I said, I'll pull up some examples of these that we could post somewhere that uh, people will get a kick out of looking <laughs> at these and this is from the very beginning of like my career doing this but people would buy this stuff um from us at a very low level to start and they would learn something and they would have a fun time doing it and so not only did we build a brand as people that you know taught really good things and unique ideas in the marketing world that i was just doing in my business to stand out but uh, it was fun because of the way we actually carried it out. And that was sort of the lesson for me is anything that I learned in the chiropractic office or helping any of my clients was also something that I could bottle up into information that people would also get value if they bought um, you know, down the road. Now, what, what ended up happening with me is I started to realize that there were pockets of people on the internet that would congregate. And they were interested in this. And then and way back when I started, it was forums. Hmm. So like these actual forums, you know, you'd, you'd type a comment, post it, and then it was like the static thing. It wasn't like updated automatically. Does it kind like of make, make you feel like a dinosaur right now? <laughs> oh, 100%. If you, kids, if you don't know what a forum is, uh, back in the early 2000s, this was how we communicated. Yeah. It was it was the equivalent of a Facebook group Um uh, back then, and even now, Facebook groups start are starting to feel a little bit passe. But that's the easiest thing that I can relate it to. It was like a very, very focused Facebook group, and it was easier to find things probably than in a Facebook group is. And so there were these forums, and these people would congregate, and they were interested in this stuff. And so what I figured out is there's these places where these people that are like really interested in this stuff that I'm already creating live. Um, the problem was is there was extra requirements to be able to put this stuff up for sale. There was actually places in these forums to sell this kind of thing if you if you if you did it because yeah. there was tons of people that were interested in it and the forum would take I think at the time I had to pay $20 to post in this particular part of the forum. So that's how they made their money. 20 bucks every time post somebody posted a thread and um what would end up happening is you'd put this up, you'd put a little PayPal link in it. And somebody would buy from you. And as more people post in the forum, yours would get pushed down farther and farther and farther. Mm. Okay. So 
if you wanted to bump it to the top, you'd pay another 20 bucks and it would bump it to the top of the forum. And you could do that every so often. Um, somewhere along the way, somebody figured out how big this was getting <laughs> and they built a sales platform that would build, you could build your own buy button. It would integrate with PayPal at the time. And the, the kind of the caveat to this is other people could promote your thing and they could make a percentage of it. So you could tell, you could like tell the system how much this, these other people would make and they could make a percentage of it. Also, if you had like an email autoresponder, you know, we're really big on building lists here. Mm -hmm. This is where this was a big piece of it for me. Um, you could integrate it with that and it would automatically put all your buyers onto that list. And so instead of having to go to your PayPal, see all the email addresses that people had bought from and then manually put them in somewhere, this would do all those things for you automatically. And so the first couple times I posted in the forum, it was literally just a PayPal link. Um, and that's how we did it. But then this, this system came along and it made it a little easier. But I think the, the really interesting thing that I had to learn, and this was huge for me, this is, this changed my life. Um, and I don't talk about it a lot, but I had to learn copywriting. Hmm. And I had to learn how to write in a very precise, persuasive way that would explain to people kind of what I had, why it was something that they would need. And uh, to get it, this is what you need to do next. And so it's very simple on its face, but you know some of the subtleties to how that kind of works, there's a lot to it. And so I had to learn how to put this together. Not only did I have to learn how to actually write a certain way, but then I had to learn how to make it look good. Um on a page, yeah. but then you had to make it learn how to make it look good on a page in this particular forum. Hmm. So there's all these hoops that I had to jump through in the beginning. But what it actually ended up doing is, is over time I started getting, you know, more popular in this forum. People would see my name and be like, Oh yeah, I like his stuff. He's the one that kind of does the, the cool marketing tricks, but uh, he's kind of a comic book ass kind of feel. So there was a style to what we did. And then the affiliate program that I was talking about came along with the with the guy that built the tool. Mm -hmm. um, shout out to my buddy Mike Lance. Uh, changed my life with uh, how that worked, and I didn't even realize what was going on. But we started getting affiliates. People were like, "Oh, cool! This Atkins guy does some cool stuff. I can probably sell this." So there was, there was you know aspiring entrepreneurs that like I don't even have to create anything. I can just promote it to the people that already follow me and mm. make money. Cool. So they would promote our stuff, and every time somebody promoted our stuff, we kept building our list. So here I am. I am in the chiropractic office and I go to work at like eight o'clock and I get off at six o'clock. I hang out with my family a couple hours during the night. I take some of the stuff that we were doing in my chiropractic office or for my local clients at the time. Didn't know I had an agency, but I did. And I would package it up into these PDFs, get those ready. Then I would write a sales letter for the forum. Then I would uh, get, you know, kind of everything connected and, then I would launch it out and we would pick up affiliates. They would promote it. And there was times when, you know, I'd go home on my lunch break and I'd drive home. We'd click the launch button while I was home at lunch. I would drive the 10 minutes back to my office. And within that time, you know, I'd have a hundred people that had bought something from me. Wow. And it certainly didn't start off that way, but like that's kind of the level of what started to happen is not only did we deliver good stuff, but we started building this list. And every time we built the list, because not only did I build a list of past customers, but I also built a list of all the past people that had promoted my product. So every time we put out a new product, not only would I let my past customers know, but I'd let all these people, these affiliates know, hey, we got something coming and you can probably make money from it. And so we were doing sort of email marketing to both of them. And, and the cumulative effect is you would walk out of a sale 
and you'd have another two, 3,000 buyers of a product that you had. And all of these people were super nerdy about the same thing that you were nerdy about. That's where it all really started for me is, is that was the business that was growing as I was in the chiropractic office. And that's the business that eventually started to pull me away. Now, I will say this, it got a lot more evolved and it, it actually got a lot easier in terms of you didn't have to deal with this forum anymore. But it all started because I found this little pocket of people on the internet that were interested in something. I put a product in front of them and every time somebody bought the product, we built our list. And so I wasn't dependent on that forum forever because I pulled everybody that was into my stuff off of that forum and communicated with my list. And really, you know, of all the breaks that I had, of all the money that I spent to promote what I was doing, the most important part for me was that every time I gained a customer, I put them into a place to where I could communicate with them without having to pay for that customer, you know, to get in front of that customer again. And if I really can get down to what got me to backpack lifestyle, it was that I was always extremely focused on building that list and being able to communicate with my customers outside of the advertising that I did the first time. So. Man, how cool is that to to think about? I don't know. I'm sure you don't probably don't take a lot of time to to think about how things got started, and 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 it's cool to because I obviously you know I've known you forever, but I I was on the outside looking in and didn't fully understand. So looking back now and knowing how it all started is really really interesting to me. But I and I think you would probably agree with this that obviously I don't I don't think we. And, and you definitely have not followed what we would consider a quote unquote traditional path, um, for your no. career or your, your livelihood. And, 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 and kind of the basis of what we're talking about is not really following a guide because you haven't really, you kind of set your own guide. But at the same time, I, I bet you'd be willing to say, and you just mentioned about a years. Uh, so I'd love to dig more into that. So I'm sure there's probably been some guiding lights along the way. So, you know, what, what have been those guiding lights for you as far as, you know, people or things, things you've heard or, or things you've been a part of, like what, what's kind of guided this process and this path for you? Well, I think that the thing that you have to realize is there's always people that are wanting to do certain things. Um, there's always people that want to make more money uh, out there. There's always people that want to lose weight. There's always people that want to um, improve their appearance. There's always people that want to have deeper relationships. Like there's like this core human element of what we do. And the idea is you take those very big core human things and you niche them down. And that's it. So like, it's not just about, okay, all these people want to make more money. Well, I want to make more money um, doing what I'm passionate about. So I want to make more money in my chiropractic office, for instance. Like that was something that, you know, I was big. So I would actively look for other chiropractors or people that worked in the chiropractic industry that were teaching specifically how to make more money in that spot. Okay. So, so that's cool, right? But then you can niche down even further from there and you can say, how do you make more money in your chiropractic office? How do you get more patients through the door in your chiropractic office if you're offering this specific technique? And so that was something that if you offered that technique, it seemed like that was more for you than all this other stuff that was out there. Mm -hmm. And and the thing is, is you have to, no matter what you do, every one of us has some level of expertise that um, is valuable. And where we screw ourselves is we really think, well, there's there's all these other people that are so much more experienced in this than I am. But you still got to understand, maybe there's this group of people above you, but then there's this huge group of people below you that doesn't have the experience you have. The idea is to find that little niche, right? Find that niche, you know, big things, lose weight, um, be more attractive, um, play a musical instrument, um, you know, make money. And it's, there's all these things that are like very big things that tons of people want. 
but then you can really niche it down. I like music because it is it is like the perfect example. You're like, okay, well, I want to be a better musician. I want to be able to play any song that I hear on the radio. Okay. I want to be able to play any song that I hear on the radio uh, on the guitar or the piano or the flute. And like, so then you're niching down further, but then you can be like, Hey, I want to play rock music that I hear on the radio on the guitar. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. And then you really start to get into like very specific pockets of folks. The more specific you get, the easier it is to communicate with people. Most people don't do this because they don't want to not to appeal to people. And that's, they think that's what makes them more money. But you actually make more money the more niche down you are. And so where a lot of the stuff that I was doing back in 2010, 2011 to get started doesn't exactly work the same way now. It's the same principle. There's all it's actually easier to find these folks because of Facebook groups, things like that. TikTok, you know, these pockets of audiences are literally divided now by hashtags and Facebook groups. And so you can go find these pockets of people just by doing a search on your, you know, whatever social network and you start putting out a little bit of content out on a subject that's really different because it's super niche. And that's really everybody's like, oh, be different, do something different. Well, what does that mean? It's just niche. Niche down, like niche down so far to where you're like, am I too specific? (laughs) And that's the idea. If you can do that, but then you can teach that group something, you're on your way. And I would say anybody out there, take something that you're kind of good at that you think some people could be into, put together a a quick little video that you hide, uh, put together a little PDF that you can build, you know, using Canva or, you know, any set of tools out there. Put together something that literally teaches somebody something that you've actually gotten good at and put it up for sale for like nine bucks. Hmm. But just put it up for sale in a way that every time somebody buys, you get their email address or you get their phone number so that you can market to them. And and that's that's really the key is, you know, for us, we use tools like Customer Engine for our list building side, but we use tools like SamCart is a tool that we use for all of our um charges. So Samcart builds order pages for us and it integrates with things like Stripe and PayPal so people can actually pay us. But the cool part about that is every time somebody buys through Samcart, we put them on one of our customer engine lists so that we can send them things out later. Um, in the last two weeks, I put a hundred new people on a an SMS list. I actually have their phone number that I can send them a message anytime I want. And these were just people that were buying products from us, you know, just randomly coming in, buying products from us. That's a hundred new people on a list that the next time I want to send out a promotion, I, it's not even just an email. I can send a text directly to their phone and be like, hey, we got something new. Go check it out. And when you start to see the power of that, that you've got that list and you know, that list was just somebody bought something for nine bucks. I have people that have bought, you know, two, three, four, five thousand dollar things from me, and they started off as a buyer of something that was nine bucks. Hmm. And that's the thing that really will flip your lid. Um, that I should probably talk about next is a lot of times we make the mistake of thinking that um, you know, if we charge little, we can't charge more down the road. And that that was the next big revelation for me in this journey. Um, that happened to me probably two, three months into you know my whole thing. And I learned that these customers that came through the door on something that was nine bucks are more than willing to spend thousands of dollars with me. And that was probably one of the scariest moments uh, of my career, but it was also one of the more fascinating. So if you want to hear about that, I can definitely walk you through it. Yeah. Was it, was it something, was it like a specific instance or was it like a, a circle of events? Like what, what, what took place? <laughs> 
Uh, it was funny. I sold this product, and it was teaching how to do something on Facebook. Okay. Um, there was nothing over the top of it, but I, it was teaching some some Facebook stuff, some Facebook marketing stuff, and it wasn't even. I don't. I don't think it was overly special, other than the fact that the branding was good. Um, it was this evil magician thing, and oh, something yeah. about the word "evil" got <laughs> in people's heads, and they they either liked it. I got lots of complaints. How dare you? It was you know. <laughs> oh, you're a bad guy. Jeez. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyways, so we sold this thing, and all it was was just teaching some cool little tricks that you could pull off on Facebook all the time. Probably none of them work now. But at the time, it was really, really cool to some of the stuff you could do. And I think it was like five tips. Anyways, everybody that got in, uh, we gave them free access to a weekly uh, call. And at the time, I was just getting into this thing where like, you know, video and, and being on video and talking to people. And every week on a Tuesday night, I think it was like Tuesday night at like nine o'clock. Um, you know, just after the reason it was nine o'clock on a Tuesday night is because I worked at the chiropractic office all day. Mm. Um, but I would get online and, you know, I mean, there's, you know, there's probably two, 300 people that would get on a call with me and, and we weren't pitching anything. We were just talking to people about marketing and walking people through stuff. And, and you got access to this indefinite access to this, uh, just because you bought this $9 product. Hmm. I get, uh, I get three weeks in to this and I just, I'm like, you know what? Let's see what could happen. And I'm like, I'm going to offer a $2,000 package to teach people how to do this one specific thing. Uh, if they're interested and uh, I'm going to pitch this to all these people, if they don't want it, cool. They can keep coming to this call every week and we'll keep doing it, but I'm going to, I'm going to offer this. So I got on and like, literally I was just like, I'm doing this just because who knows what's happening and let's see if it works. And it was a terrible webinar. I mean, like I had no (laughs) idea what I was doing at the time. Like, you know, now I feel like I've done so many of these sales webinars that I know how to put together a product and put it in front of an audience and, you know, kind of do what we need to do. But no, no, no such thing at the time. <laughs> and I walked off of that call and seven people took me up on a $2,000 product. Wow. And in the span of like two or three hours, I had, you know, I had 14 grand sitting in a bank account that wasn't there two, three hours before. Hmm. And that's when, that's when it really started to hit me that it's all about bringing the lead through the door the first time. You know, and if you can bring the lead through the door with a payment rather than giving something away for free, that's a lot more valuable. And so that was really one of the big things that hit me early on is like, do anything you can to deliver value to people um, in in that fit that first purchase. And they will see the value or at least a percentage of them will see the value of a larger purchase from you. And over the years, that was the thing is like we we really stopped with the nine dollar (laughs) products. Um, in, in terms of the, that was what we did every time. We still do that from time to time as a legion though. And it's just interesting to see be, the, the number one thing that all businesses have trouble with is getting a customer the first time. And so anything that you can do to get a customer the first time, um, is helpful in a lot of businesses. Now you have to be sort of careful about that because you can bring the wrong kind of customer in too. Mm. But, um, I think it's incredibly valuable when you think about it from a, you know what? I just want to make a living teaching people how to make tables. Um, I love making tables. Tables are my thing. And I feel like I'm pretty good at making tables. I wonder if there's anybody else that would be out there that would love to make a table like what I make. The answer is absolutely yes, there are. Mm -hmm. Um, And people will pay you for those kinds of things. And it's just a matter of like the first time you put together one of your table plans, maybe sell it for nine bucks. Somebody's going to, 
somebody's going to buy it for nine bucks because they're like, you know what? I bet this $9 thing is probably a lot better than the free thing that's on YouTube because I pay for it mm-hmm. and it's value. You know, there's value to it. There's a whole, whole audience that won't, but there's a whole audience that absolutely will. That's the way they think. And so they'll buy. But then, you know, once you have that list of people, maybe you've got a more elaborate table or you've got something that would help them even more. And that's where you start to get into this thing of, oh, I've got this actual business and, um, you know, I'm going to go from tables to chairs now. I wonder if this group is into chairs too. Of course, they're going to be into chairs too. <laughs> so that's that's really how it is. It, it just starts off with this very basic need of, hey, I needed this. I learned how to do it. I put in the work. I bet there's other people out there that want to know how to do this too. So while I'm over here doing this thing, why don't I package this information up? And while I'm doing it, why don't I build a list of everybody that buys it from me too? Yeah, I tell you. And so, something that you just said really struck for me because, I mean, it sounds to me like obviously to get that person from that $9 purchase to the $2,000 level, it kind of just took you going, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to try this, you know? And like, I think there's a certain level, there's probably a certain level of confidence that has to come to, to get to that level mentally. But once you get there, man, I mean, there's, there's not a whole lot of limit to what, what you can do. And so that, that kind of transitions into something else I wanted to ask you because you and I are, are generally pretty positive guys. So we, we paint, yeah. we, we paint with pretty positive brushes for the most part, but there's no way that we get here to where we are without some struggles along the way. So tell me a little bit about, you know, have, have you seen, especially when you were, think about the path to get to this spot of freedom that you're in right now. Talk about some of the struggles along the way, because I know there's had to be some to to maintain this lifestyle. It's not something that you can just kind of, you know, set it and forget it. It, it, There's there's nothing about your world that's just a set it and forget it. It's a it's it's a constant kind of tinkering and and trying new things and testing new things and new technologies and stuff like that. So what kind of struggles have you seen along the way that have kind of come in and 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 thrown roadblocks for you? And have you have you kind of maintained this lifestyle through those? Well, I think a lot of people think because we have this really successful company now that um, I had some sort of built-in advantage mm. um, in terms of um, maybe I knew somebody or now I mean like I had nobody in my life that was this person before like my dad my dad's a sales guy at a radio station so he he had sales I I did have that around me but like there was nothing like this my mom's a teacher so like what did I end up doing I'm an <laughs> online teacher who sells courses yeah. you know or sells software so yes <laughs> I did have that background but I I didn't have anybody that was really like anything really good at business or like how to run a business how to manage staff and you know I I will say this the amount of money that I have put into this business that I probably could have pocketed um, to learn my mistakes, hmm. you know? And, and I think that's the thing is like, you know, how to run a, a staff, how to hire all things that I was extremely poor at uh, in the beginning. Um, I think I'm a kind person. So that probably kept a lot of people around, but like really I made a lot of mistakes and those mistakes were incredibly expensive. And, you know, I think that there are times when, yeah, you look up and you're like, oh man, would would I be happier if I just had a, a job? Uh, I don't think I ever think that, but I think it's easy for a lot of people to. Yeah. Um, I, I, what I think that though that sort of hits you along the way is, um, are you willing to look at everything you do as education? Meaning, if I can just survive this thing that I'm up against right now. And I get to the other side of it. Am I ever going to make that mistake again? Hmm. 
And that's the thing. It's like I have made so many mistakes that were, that somebody would look at my business and be like, this guy's an idiot. <laughs> like this guy is an absolute – like he's a moron. Like he's not that smart. You know, I can sell. But that just because I can sell and make a lot of money doesn't mean that I know all the other pieces to running a business. And so the, kind of the mindset that I adopted along the way was, God, I made a lot of mistakes. And man, wouldn't it be – wouldn't it be great if I hadn't made that mistake or hired that person or not hired this other person or, you know, I had not blown this money on this thing that nothing came from. But, you know, my mindset really has always been if I can just survive this this next challenge that's up in front of me, um, I'm going to be able to take that knowledge into this next thing that I do and I'm going to be that much more solid from it. And so it's always a, you know, for 10 years now, it's been this thing of, this business is about reinvesting in myself and this knowledge. And, you know, the reason that I can get and talk on and talk about this podcast the way that we do just sort of on the fly is literally there's there's 10,000 hours times three that I have put into this. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's it's ridiculous the amount of time that I have put into this. But if I was the kind of person um, or I allowed myself to be because I think I was this kind of person maybe 10 years ago. If I was the kind of person that looked at every failure as something that was like indicative of who I am, <laughs> uh, I'd be done. Mm. I mean, like I just I could not withstand the amount of things, the failures that I have put on the scoreboard in this business. If I thought that way, yeah. But I really am always. I, I really have always, or I've developed the mindset of a failure is something that you stick in your banks that the next time you come around really prepares you to hit a home run. And I really love the uh, groundhog day sort of vibe of this. Yeah. And, you know, got, you know, <laughs> the amount of times that Phil uh, <laughs> must have gone through and failed and be like, Oh God, well I got to get to the next day and I got to get to the next day. But like over time, you know, you start to know it was very manipulative in his case for a while. <laughs> but the idea is he started just building up these banks of things and building up skills that, that turned him into a more rounded human being so that when it got to the thing that actually counted, there he was. He was ready, hmm. and it it counted for something. And I think that that's I think that that's the key is in business and in life. If you're somebody that carries baggage with you, um, you know it's tough. I am very much a human being that is like <sighs> we get one shot, um, <laughs> and in a hundred years, nobody's going to remember my name. And I, I do believe that. I mean, like most most companies that were monsters a hundred years ago, we don't, you know, nobody's going to know them in fifteen years from now. I mean, hmm. even with great history, and so I, I fully believe that we get one shot at this. You've got to you've got to grow the entire way through, and a lot of the money that you spend is much better spent on growing you and growing the next generation of entrepreneurs. The next generation, our kids, is better spent there in learning rather than hoarding and sticking back, and so. I, I think that's the thing. It's like I'm always very open, and this is terrible business advice, kids. <laughs> but I'm always very open to spending money to learn something um, myself, whether hiring someone to teach me that or actually making the mistake. And some and listen, here's the cool part: some of those things that could have been mistakes turned into something that completely changed the course of our company for the best. Mm. And so, you know, it's about taking risk. And so that's the mindset that I have: is like you're is an entrepreneur. You have a set of things that you're good at. People will always pay you for those things if you go looking for the audience. But you're always putting your chips on the table. You're always gambling. If you are doing it the right way, you're gambling in ways where you have a slight advantage, but you're always gambling. Hmm. And I think that that's the mindset. As long as you keep that mindset um, 
now I have to remind myself of those mindsets every so often <laughs> so I don't slip back into a place. But as long as you keep those mindsets, it's hard to be down for too long because you wake up and you realize, let's say that this went completely belly up. Could we build it back? Yeah, we could. And I think that's the that's the fun part for me is like there was definitely a time in the first two or three years when I was building this business that I thought, oh my gosh, I have to protect everything and everything's <laughs> so, you know, and, and obviously now I've got I've got people that work for me. I've got to protect them and that's that's a responsibility. But I'm always, you know, I'm always of the mindset that we are out there doing things that are worth the risk. What the value we bring out into the world is worth the risk that we put into what we're doing. And so at the end of the day, did we actually add something or did we play it so safe that we never did anything? And I think that the first part is true. And if you keep living that way, not only – and call me crazy – not only will you do big things in the world, not only will you be ready for the big chances when they come, the waves, so that you can ride them, but you'll have people that will follow you into battle too because they want to live their life that way. They believe in what you're doing and they like that adventure. And I think that that's the thing is the negative is – it's negative all the time. There's negativity all around you. But when you have a mindset of every negative thing gets you ready for this big thing that's coming, then uh, you start to understand that all these experiences stack into something that puts armor around you. And that armor is very, very valuable when the actual moments arrive. And so it's a I don't know if it's tricking yourself into this, Marshall, you know, <laughs> if, if this is real or if I've just tricked myself into this mindset, but so far it's served me pretty well. Well, yeah, I was going to say, man, if you trick yourself, you've already tricked me in the last five minutes of talking about it. I, I, cause, cause I mean, <laughs> you, you kind of talk like somebody who's literally just playing with house money and this, isn't that kind of the feeling that's, that's what we want, right? That's when we talk about freedom, it's yeah, it's about financial freedom. It's about the freedom of working from home and being able to do things on the fly and, and with a backpack, but it's about you living loosely and taking chances and you know being willing to fall down and get back up and you know it's 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 there's a whole element of that and i and i know that there's obviously a lot of uncertainty along the way there's a lot of unsureness that has to show itself when you're trying to get to this spot but and, and i'd love to maybe we kind of end on this note because i think it's a great spot to end but what would you say to somebody who's you know intimidated about getting on that road to trying to who's trying to get to that life of freedom and and doesn't really have a guide to follow you know what what, what kind of advice you got for them uh, i think that there's never going to be a moment no matter how much money you have if you are an actual human that likes to live, there's never going to be a moment where it's where you have enough money in your bank account. There's never going to be enough uh, a day when you are satisfied with what's in your account. Now that you you get you win the lottery, you're going to maybe be happy for a few months, and then what are you what are you living for? So the whole ball game is is this like we are designed to seek growth. We are designed to seek progress. Like that is the whole thing. When that goes away, we're done. Like we're like our our purpose is no more, and so I think the thing is this: is if you're afraid, you just got to be like, okay, I got one shot at this. It can be taken away from me at any point. There's no day that's promised. I literally fell down the stairs stairs yesterday, and I thought, well, this is it. Um, I was walking down. I had stuff in my hands. My dog is on the stairs behind me, like just stops and freezes. And he's like, well, that's it. I'm not getting fed anymore. I'm, he's dead. I'm gonna have to eat him, and then it's over for me too. And no, my, my family would have come home and it would have been terrible, but you get the idea. Yeah. Morbid, you know, I think, I think the thing that, that keeps me going and the thing that is very, very powerful for anybody out there is I have a very morbid view on the world that gives me a level of positivity. And, and, it, and it's absolutely this. 
if nothing really matters, if in a hundred years, nothing that we do matters, then everything we do right now matters. And so if you're like sitting there right now and being like, Oh, what's the point? You know, is this is scary? I could lose what I have. Well, you know what? What happens if you don't go for it? If you are 80 years old and you thought, oh, I just played it safe, you know, you can crash and build back. You can absolutely crash and build back. It's not as hard as everybody thinks. But the ball game is this. At the end of your life, did you try? Did you put the chips on the table every so often? Did you try? Did you take care of people? And I think that's the thing is like when I really think about my life, I want to have mattered in this short little hundred year window. If I don't matter past that, well, welcome to the fucking club because <laughs> most people don't. That's okay. But during this window, did I matter to people? Did I feel like I left it out all out on the field? And I think that's the thing. It's like when you're thinking about this big decision and you're scared and you don't know what value you can bring, go look for it. Go seek it. Go after and really try to find what you can do and then do it the best you can. You're going to look like an idiot at first. Most people aren't going to get what you're doing at first. Let me show you, as I said, some of these early PDFs that I put out. Let me show you some of the first videos that I put out. They were horrible. I hope five years from now I come back to this podcast and I think, what were you guys doing? <laughs> like, man, you didn't have it figured out. But that's the ball game. you got to be okay with looking like an idiot and not being as with it but learning along the way. And here's the cool part about this, and this is, I think, the best note to end on. Most people in the world – even if they realize you don't have it quite figured out yet, they will get behind you just because of the effort. That's it. Like that is, that is the number one secret that I realized a long time ago. If people see you trying and people see you passionately going after these things, they will fall behind you or they will reach down from where they are and help lift you up because they like the effort. And when you realize that most of this game is people getting behind you or people pulling you up from where they already are because of your effort, everything gets easier. And the confidence in what you're doing does go up because you realize you can screw up so much. I'm pointing to myself for the listeners at home. You can't see this on the camera. You can screw up so much and still come out with something that means something to people and prep yourself for the next big thing that's coming at every stage of your life. And so that's, that's what keeps me going. That's what keeps me positive. If you're looking and you're starting and you're like, well, gosh, I feel so behind and what can I really offer? Just start really thinking about what you're passionate about, what you could teach people and understand that even if there's people out there that are doing it better than what you think you can do, there's a lot of people that would love your opinion on it and that gets you there.